Um, good to see you. My name's Cole. Uh, the last several months we've been in a series called Form, and the whole idea of the series is us conforming to the image of Jesus. What does it look like for us to know him and know who he is and what he looks like? But before I talk about that, I'm going to talk about this. Um, Stacy briefly mentioned our Christmas party coming up on Tuesday, December 20th. I want to encourage all of you to get your tickets for that. It's going to be so wonderful. Last year, we had a great time together, and we really value um, spending time together, and we'll get to do that that night. Uh, we'll have some fun stuff like a uh, photo booth and that kind of deal. We'll eat dinner together, which is um, one of the reasons there's a price attached to it. And then um, we will have a really interesting retelling of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol um, by three really talented people who will allow us to enjoy that together and hear that story. So I think it's going to be a fun night that you're not going to want to miss. Great time for us to be in relationship with one another. So be there. Okay? Awesome. Good. Ryan, I'll see you there, Ryan. I'll see you there. So we're in this series called Form. It's about us knowing Jesus, knowing the image of Jesus, and opening our hands and our lives to be people who are conformed to his image. And tonight we're going to talk about compassion um, Jesus is a beautiful embodiment of what it looks like for us to be compassionate people. And so we're going to look at how Jesus embodies compassion, how he demonstrates compassion, and what compassion means as we look at the life of Jesus. But before we get into that, I want to just pause for a moment. So if everybody would close your eyes. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and I just want you to sit before the Lord and allow him to speak into your life about these two things. First, where do you find it easy to embody compassion toward what kinds of people or what group of people? Who do you just have a natural level of compassion for? And then the second question, just bring before the Lord together, is who do we have a hard time demonstrating compassion toward. Maybe that's an individual or a group of people or a type of person or a trait that you've noticed. Just allow the Lord to reveal to you where you are slow to have compassion, where it takes a little bit of extra effort. God, let us come with great expectation tonight that you will transform our hearts, that you will come in by the power of your Holy Spirit and transform us in miraculous ways that allow us to embody the compassion of Jesus. God, tonight, would you remind us of the compassion that's been exhibited to us? And may that be a powerful platform that we would be lifted up upon as we begin to embody and demonstrate a deep level of compassion in the world around us, God. May tonight not just be a night where we come and listen, but may it be a night where we come and open our hearts, open our minds, and that your spirit would come and commune with our spirit. And in that secret place, God, that you would whisper something special, unique, and supernatural to us right where we are. God, let us all just tune in to you in soul and spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
as we look at this concept of passion, compassion tonight, um, kind of the overarching banner of all of it is this, that following Jesus brings with it a revolution of compassion. That God comes in and does something inside of us to awaken us as we begin to follow Jesus and then our insides are transformed so that we begin caring about people the way God cares about people. And we start seeing people and treating people the way Jesus saw people and sees people and cares for people. And that as we embody the compassion of Jesus, as we transform into his image in this way, that literally the world around us changes, that the world around us looks more like heaven. And there is a revolution of compassion. Scripture says that the world will know us by our love. And our love is demonstrated by how we embody compassion to the people around us. And so I think this idea of compassion, this reality, this kind of supernatural truth of compassion is one of the most powerful tools that God has given us to care for the world around us. And so I want us to have a deep value for compassion tonight as we talk about this thing that God would just instill in us a newfound importance for what compassion is. Um, as I sat in worship this morning, I asked myself that question that we asked just a little bit ago. Like, who is it that we find we have kind of innate compassion toward, that it's really easy for us to be compassion toward those people? And for me, it's old people. Like, when I see a little old man eating dinner alone, oh, my heart just, like, melts, right? And it's like, what's going on? Like, I want to know that person. I want to know their story. I want to know why it is that they're here, why they're alone. I want to see them connect with someone else. And rarely do I even do anything about it. And that's one of the things that we're going to discover and explore tonight is the balance between compassion being something that we feel internally and compassion being something that we embody externally, that we do something about. And that's what we see in Jesus. For Jesus, compassion is something that happens on the inside, but also something that's demonstrated on the outside. And so I just have six ideas around compassion as we look at different examples in the life of Jesus. And if you want to write these down, I really encourage you to write them down. We're going to go through lots of scripture tonight, lots of examples, lots of ideas for us to take away and consider and meditate on. So I would love for you to be able to write those down because I think if we're able to take some of these things with us, evaluate them in our lives, allow God to kind of illuminate them for us this week, that it will help us step into a deeper level of compassion for people. So this first thing, this first idea around compassion is this. Compassion means acknowledging pain in us and in others. I think it's really important that we are people who acknowledge our own pain before we're able to acknowledge and as we acknowledge the pain of other people. I asked this question yesterday online saying that I was talking about compassion and asking if anybody had any thoughts or ideas or comments about it, experience with it. And one of the things that I saw over and over again in those comments was, you know, a lot of times if I want to kind of embody compassion, it means kind of looking at other people's pain and it puts my pain in perspective and it allows me to, in some ways, dismiss my own pain. And I think there's a healthy level of us having context for our own lives and, and looking at the reality of others' lives and what that means for our lives. But at the same time, it's essential that we start with compassion for ourselves. Because as we look at God's heart, we know that God has compassion for us. 
God has a deep level of compassion for us. And for us to take on the heart of God, it means that we have God's compassion for ourselves. That we acknowledge our own pain, that we acknowledge our own struggles, and we value those things and we care about those things as God values and cares about them and has compassion toward us, that we would begin embodying that same compassion for ourselves, acknowledging our deep hurts, acknowledging our deep pain, and taking on God's compassionate heart and seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And as we do that, as we know God's heart for us, it gives us the ability to begin seeing and understanding and entering into relationship in the midst of the pain of other people and embodying God's compassion for others. So as we explore the idea of compassion, it means acknowledging pain both in us and in others. We see this happening in the life of Jesus through the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus, and they were part of kind of this social circle with several others, and they spent a lot of time together. And we see the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11. And it says, when Jesus saw her, Mary, weeping after Lazarus' death, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? And we see this acknowledgement of both Jesus' own pain in his own heart and life and an acknowledgement of the pain of the people around him. And this is a complicated scenario. There are lots of people involved who have lots of thoughts and lots of emotions, and Jesus is feeling things inside of himself as well. And I think in this story, we see a key component of the idea of compassion. Compassion means embracing the complexity of life. Let's stop pretending that things are easy. Life is complex. Pain is complex. And we see it in the story. There were lots of reasons that Jesus was crying in that moment. Some of them were internal. Lazarus was his friend. He cared about Lazarus. He was experiencing the pain of the death of a friend. He was also experiencing the pain of having walked in ministry for many months or maybe over a year at this point, talking about his role as the Messiah, being in really close relationship with some of the people who are in this scene and some of those people pointing at him and saying, you didn't live up to your end of the deal. You didn't heal when we wanted you to heal the way we wanted you to heal. And Jesus was experiencing some deep pain of his own in that moment. And I think that's one of the reasons Jesus was crying. There were these internal reasons, but there were also these external realities. He was seeing his friends in pain, and that hurt him because Jesus is a person of compassion. He was seeing them and himself as human. I think this is one of the most human moments that we see in scripture in the life of Jesus. Bearing his own pain, experiencing the pain of other people, being present with them in the midst of their pain. And Jesus embraced that complexity. And he realized that like this is not an easy thing. There's lots of complexity here. For me, I don't often memorize quotes from movies, but one of my favorite movies is uh, Finding Neverland. 
Anybody? Fans? Fans? Finding Neverland? So it's the story of J.M. Barry, the guy who wrote Peter Pan, and it's about his relationship with his family that kind of inspired some parts of the story. And at some point, somebody walks up to him and uses the word just in describing something. And in response, J.M. Barry, played by Johnny Depp, the character says, just. What a horrible candle-snuffing word. That's like saying he can't climb that mountain. He's just a man. Or that's not a diamond. It's just a rock. Just. And I wonder how many times we encounter our own pain or we encounter the pain of other people and we apply the word just. It's just this. It's just that. Just get over it. No, nothing is just anything. Everything that we encounter, everything that everybody else encounters, when we encounter those things, we bring our thoughts and our feelings and our experiences and every bit of our life leads up to that moment when we're sitting in that pain. Nothing is easy. And I think when we are willing to embrace the complexity of pain, we can begin demonstrating the beauty and depth of compassion as we stand with people in the midst of pain. And as we stand there with them, we come to this idea. One of the most powerful bridges to compassion are the words, me too. There is a powerful bridge that is built between us and someone else when we're willing and able to take a moment to say, me too. In that moment with Lazarus, Jesus was saying, me too. I hurt right now too. I see your hurt and I hurt as well. Jesus saw them mourning death, and Jesus said, I hate death too. Me too. I hate where we are right now. I see your pain. I acknowledge your pain, and I have compassion for your pain. And Jesus built a bridge between a divine being and the humans around him by saying, me too. I hurt too. Um, I had a really powerful, just like firsthand experience with empathy a couple months ago. I was talking to my friend um, who is, he's an African-American, and he was talking about some of the things that he had experienced with the Black Lives Matter movement and understanding the pain and feeling the pain that the people around him were understanding and experiencing and feeling. And then seeing another group of people who were dismissing that pain, just get over it. And he said something that like radically illuminated empathy for me. He said, you know what? A lot of the people that I hear saying just get over it when they look at the Black Lives Matter movement, I'd like to ask all those people what they think about the Boston Tea Party. And I started to think about it. There were these guys who were being taxed without representation, right? And so they went to this harbor and there was a ship there. And they got on the ship and they threw all the tea overboard and they said, we're not going to take it anymore. We're not going to take it. No! Right? And think about this. Like when he said that, I thought, you know what? I was taught about the Boston Tea Party when I was in elementary school. And I was taught in elementary school that these guys are heroes standing up for me and the American Revolution and the way I think about the Boston Tea Party and the way I feel about the Boston Tea Party. It's almost like a joyous cartoon. It's a celebratory moment. 
I think for most Americans, we have those kinds of thoughts and feelings to it. And in that conversation, he reminded me those people were doing what they were doing because they were being taxed without representation. And people who are experiencing and being part of the Black Lives Matter movement are feeling like there is a power structure and they are not being represented. And it doesn't matter what any of us think about that politically. We have the opportunity for empathy and compassion by taking an experience or an idea or our thoughts and our feelings about something that is similar and saying, oh, maybe I can understand how you feel. Empathy is a powerful tool for us to build bridges when we can say, me too. And maybe there aren't direct examples all the time for us to say, here's this thing that I experienced and here's that thing that you experienced and these things directly align and so I can say me too. But if you can't say me too with a specific example, maybe at the very least we can say, we can ask the question, how would I want to be treated when I feel this way? Or in the past when I felt this way, how have I wanted to be treated. This is the message of Jesus when he says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In the moment where someone is experiencing pain, where someone is experiencing a trial, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so we come to this kind of crossroads of sorts where we think about how we feel, but then we move from just how we feel into what we do about it. Compassion isn't only a feeling, it's what we do about who or how we feel. Jesus was crying with his friends. He was feeling pain. He was saying me too. He was seeing them and being present with them. And then Jesus walked to Lazarus and he raised him back to life. And maybe not all of us every time can raise the dead. We can pray for it. We can believe for it. But all of us, no matter what, have the opportunity and ability to do something about the compassion that's being raised up in our hearts. And in that, we embody the life of Jesus who not only had compassion, but did something about it. And I think there's an important distinction here when we talk about compassion, because when we talked about calling several weeks ago, one of the things that we talked about is that like, if we're embodying compassion and we're compassionate people, there will be no end to the opportunities for us to step into moments to do something. And that's where it's really important for us to know our calling, to be in tune with the Father as Jesus was in tune with the Father and to be able to follow what the Father is saying and leading us into. In that message on calling from a few weeks ago, we talked about this. Knowing your purpose helps you learn to say no to good things and yes to the right things. Because all of us have a time and energy quotient. And each of us has a call. And when we know the call of God on our lives and we're living in relationship with the Holy Spirit so that God is speaking into our lives about where we go and what we do and what we say and when we stop and when we go, it gives us the ability to say yes to the right things. And in saying yes to the right things, we begin saying no to a lot of things that are really good. So I just challenge you with that tonight. As you consider compassion in your own life, what are the things and moments that we are called to be compassionate in? And this is always an ongoing, ever-present conversation with God. 
What I don't want us to do ever here on stage in this room is to give you a prescription of how you're to live your life. I can't tell you when and how you are meant to and called to specifically embody compassion to whom and when. We can talk about compassion and then you take the things we talk about and live in constant relationship with the Holy Spirit so that God is speaking into your life and you're saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. So that's the big chunk of what we got. That's one of six. I have five others that are all way shorter than that. And we just, that, the thing we just talked about that is compassion means acknowledging pain in us and in others. The second idea is that compassion means getting uncomfortable. Compassion means getting uncomfortable. This was the first week of Advent. We're celebrating Emmanuel, God with us, that God embodied human form and came to earth as the person of Jesus. Jesus left the comfort of heaven and came to earth because of his compassion for us. And one of the things that I loved about just as I sat with the Lord and this idea was this, that Jesus left the comfort of heaven so that heaven might be delivered to and through us. Jesus didn't just leave the comfort of heaven. Jesus brought heaven with us. And as we embody compassion, we disperse, we distribute the realities of heaven through our compassion. Through our compassion, as we stand with people in their pain, we bring peace, we bring love, we bring comfort, we bring an end to pain. And we stand with people as they hurt, bringing the realities of heaven. The Latin root of compassion is co-suffering. That we would stand with someone where they are when they hurt. And that we would stand with them, embracing them and caring for them. But we would always have an eye toward an eternal and divine and heavenward perspective. Compassion requires us to put our feet in suffering, and keep our eyes on heaven. What we don't want to do is to be compassionate people who, in our compassion, walk into relationship in, in a moment with someone else and get sucked into the world of pain. But that we would empathize and connect deeply in those places of pain with an understanding of God's intention, with an understanding of how God sees that moment and that scenario and care a lot about what God wants to do in and through the moment. Compassion will mean getting uncomfortable, and I think the moment we're willing to embrace that discomfort, it gives us a freedom to begin stepping into moments of compassion because we know and anticipate that it's not always going to be easy. To open ourselves to someone else's pain, to open ourselves up, to say, me too, to say, here's how I've experienced that thing in my life, to bear our soul and our experiences, to sit with someone as they experience pain. All of those things can be incredibly difficult, but we are called in compassion to step into those discomforts. Compassion means caring for people in the midst of your agenda. Compassion means caring for people in the midst of your agenda. All of us have a calling but we can't neglect people in the midst of living out the things that God has called us to live. We see this in the life of Jesus with the bleeding lady. So Jesus was fulfilling his mission to bring heaven to earth. He was fulfilling his mission to reveal and unleash the heart of God. And in the process of doing that, some people came to him, 
Jairus, this guy, his daughter was dying. She was 12 years old, and Jesus was on his way to heal that girl. And he was surrounded by people. They were pressing in around him and his disciples. And Jesus felt what Scripture says, the power go out from him. In Luke chapter 8, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. And I love this picture here. Caring for people was Jesus' agenda on both a micro and a macro level. Jesus was going to fulfill this purpose in, in healing this girl, but he didn't neglect people along the way. He stopped and paid attention to this woman who had a need. Maybe there are people around us who believe in what we're doing and tell us to go for it and champion us all the time. And sometimes maybe some of us in the room are so focused on what's down the road and the big vision and the macro idea that we forget to stop and embody compassion for the people around us. The greatest commandment embodies these two ideas. Matthew chapter 22, love the Lord your God with every bit of who you are. Big idea. And love your neighbor as yourself, as you're living out your love for God. Integrally attached to that calling and that purpose is a micro moment by moment present with people reality that we would embody compassion as we're fulfilling the things that God has called us to. I had a recent, well, honestly, it's not recent. It's a years-long issue with Apple. Anybody else? Mm -hmm, right? So I like their products. Like, I use them. And, like, my MacBook, edited a video on it this week, you know. Um, watch Netflix and do really unimportant things on it as well. And I've had this issue with the graphics card. And this week, I'll go into the store for the, no kidding, 20th time for this issue, uh, for the sixth repair on my machine for this issue. And when I go in, this is my second computer, which has been repaired for the same issue. The first one was four. And then the second computer, I'm, I've gotten repaired once already, and they want to repair it again. Even I, I have lots to say about this. But anyway, when I go in, they say, what's the serial number of your computer? And I tell them, and they say, well, this computer's only been repaired once. So we got to repair this computer three times as well before we'll replace your machine. And my response to them has been like, I love like your products, but when I come into the store, I feel like in the process of you like having this big vision, you're missing out on caring about me as a human being in this moment. You're not seeing my story where this is repair number six. You're looking at me as a number. And I wonder how often we do that. We're just trucking through life, and people and their pain are an inconvenience, and we don't see them as human, and we don't see their story. We just kind of move on in our agenda. But if we would be people who stop and see the story and see the arc and see the pain, it opens us up to a new level of compassion. Compassion means leveraging your power for the good of those who have less. Matthew 9, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. 
When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. We know that Jesus was growing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. Jesus was an embodiment of the divine Godhead, right? Jesus had so much power both on earth and in heaven, and he was constantly asking, how can I lay down my life to lift up the lowly? He was constantly challenging the religious and political systems of power of his day and saying, stop fighting to maintain control. Stop fighting to make yourself more wealthy. And it's not that we should be ashamed of power or try to give away power because we're embarrassed by it, but we, like Jesus, should have an accurate assessment of the power in our lives, both on earth and in heaven, and like Jesus, stoop to serve those who need to be served. How can we use our power? How can we use the things that God has given us, both in heaven and on earth, to lift up people around us? Compassion means leveraging that power for the good of those who have less. Compassion means caring no matter what someone else has done to you. I'm just going to pause here and, and just caveat that with like, this is not a statement to people in an abusive relationship. Like we need to use wisdom, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit when we respond to this idea of compassion means leveraging your power for the good of those who have less. If you're in an abusive relationship, connect with someone about that and let's talk about how, how we step out of that. But there are moments where people offend us. There are moments where we are offended by the actions or words of other people. And like Jesus, we embody compassion to those people regardless of what they've done. That is what Jesus did on the cross as the people, the very people who put him up on a cross and were crucifying him. Jesus looked down at them and he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus had a constant heart of forgiveness and he had compassion for those who were persecuting him. And it's not just something he did in that moment at the cross. It was a fulfillment of one of his teachings, which was to love our enemies. In Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And I look at that and I say, God, that's unjust. And God looks back at me and says, well, maybe sometimes compassion is more important than justice. And Jesus teaches us that God is not discriminatory in the distribution of his compassion. He causes the sun to rise on both those who are evil and those who are good. And he makes it rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And in my desire for compassion and, or for justice and in my self-centeredness, I say, God, that's not fair. And he said, that's the kind of life I'm calling you to. To embody my attribute of that's not fair. Ever forgiving and always compassionate, no matter who people are or what they've done. 
And lastly, we come to this. Compassion means laying down your life, putting others at the center and not ourselves. How many times do we encounter people in pain and we make it all about us? We make it all about what we think. We make it all about pointing at them and saying, well, you shouldn't have, or I told you so, or just get over it, or don't say that to me, it makes me uncomfortable, or I don't believe you, or I disagree with you. Compassion is about laying down your life. And it's easy for us to hear that. Compassion's about laying down your life. Sure, I'll die for somebody. But compassion is also about laying down your point of view. Compassion is about laying down your point. A moment of pain usually isn't the best time to make your point. We are called to co-suffer. And maybe there's time for a conversation about how that person got where they are later. Or maybe there's time for a conversation about how we don't go back there later. But when someone's in pain, we embody compassion not by making a point, but by co-suffering with them and making it about them and not about us, not about our point, not about our preference, not what we think we should teach them in that moment. So let's be people who embody compassion. And I think there are two practical questions that we can ask when it comes to embodying compassion. These were both from Janae, actually. Do I have hope for this person? When I step into co-suffering with someone, do I have my eye on heaven, which is an eye toward hope, so that I don't get sucked into the churning nature of pain? Did I hold on to the hope of heaven for that person? And then the second question we can ask, a practical question to embody compassion. Jesus, how do you see this person? That we would have the heart of Jesus for them and that we would see that person with unlimited measures of grace. So let's close our eyes again. And I want us to kind of hearken back to that second question I asked before. Who is it that we find difficult to embody compassion for, whether that's an individual or a group of people or a type of person? Think of that again and I'm just going to lead us through these first two questions. One, how does God see that person or those people? What does he know about them? What does he know about their past? What does he know about their story? How does he see them and who they could be and can be and are becoming? What is his compassionate heart for them right where they are? And now maybe the hard part, because I think we're resistant to this question when it comes to people that we don't have compassion for. But how are we hoping for them? Holy Spirit, right now, just in a really practical way, come and plant in us a seed of hope for people we find it hard to be compassionate toward. Let's stand together. God, 
as we sing these songs, may you embrace us with your compassion for us. Let this just be a sweet time of ministry from your spirit to us where you remind us of your compassion for us.